Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Good morning. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Lord, it is good for us to be here. I'm quoting Peter, once from Peter's letter, once from our gospel reading this morning, and I have to say, I think Peter has got it right, both times. This amazing event of Jesus being transfigured always shows up right here on the very last Sunday after Epiphany, just before we step into the season of Lent. So since today's narrative is an annual lectionary tradition, I'll bet most of you have heard more than a couple of sermons about the transfiguration. You've appreciated some of them. You've endured some of them. You might have even noticed that often, often, there are just two basic themes for transfiguration sermons. Sermon one sounds kind of like this. Peter gets called out by the preacher, that's me, for wanting to stay up there on the mountaintop, right? As if he doesn't know, as if we don't all know that we really can't ride the highs of our mountaintop experiences all the time, as if we don't know that the real work to be done is in the valley where work is hard, where life is hard, where where being a Christian is hard. Ugh. Sermon 2 sounds something often like this. Peter gets called out by the preacher. That's me. Peter, you lovable, relatable buffoon. (laughs) Always speaking off the top of your head. Always trying to impress and be the action guy. We love you, Peter. Thanks for being just like one of us. Two transfiguration sermons. However, Let's remember that the transfiguration, well, that's where Jesus, the human, shows us that he is fully divine. He is transfigured, completely changed into something different in front of Peter and James and John, and that's a big deal. So the two sermons that have to do with Peter, they're not bad. They both have truth. They both have merit. But if we only hear those two sermons too often, it might seem they are the only two ways of looking at this remarkable moment in history. And at the end of the day, neither of them really has anything to do with being a Christian. I mean, think about this. People of all faiths, even people with no faith, like their mountaintop experiences. Yes, I know, and they know it's important to do good work for a better world. And people of all faiths, Even people with no faith like stories of people just like them being held up, raised up, to be cheered on as the hero. And by the way, I'm not sure Peter would have been comfortable with the role of hero in our story today or at any time. Let's remember Peter was martyred for his deep, abiding, and actionable belief in Jesus Christ. In fact, By the end of Peter's life, he insisted that he wasn't even worthy to die like Jesus when Peter was sentenced to be crucified, this time not by Pontius Pilate, but by Emperor Nero of Rome. So Peter was crucified upside down. Whoa. Do we have to go that far? 
Is that what our message is for today? No. I think today's message is about motivation, why we do what we do. Did you know that here on the mountaintop this morning, we see the only instance in all of the Gospels where Jesus doesn't respond at all to something that someone has said directly to him? Here's my paraphrase. Peter is all, hey, cool transfiguration, Jesus. Let's stay here. I'll build you all some houses. And then next, the singular scriptural instance where Jesus doesn't immediately respond. Listen again, we hear. While Peter was still speaking, suddenly a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice said, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. So that's God, God the Father, talking. We don't hear that very often in Scripture. You probably know I've preached more than one time about the importance of what is said in the Gospels, that words matter, that who says them matters. I wonder if Jesus doesn't respond to Peter because Jesus is paying attention to his father, that his eyes were focused on God, that Jesus didn't respond to Peter's house-building suggestion because it didn't really matter. So God speaks And God declares Jesus as his son and then reminds Peter and James and John and Philip and Sonia and Ryle and Tabor and all of you to listen to him, to listen to Jesus. I suspect that if Peter knew at this point in history right now that so often we were looking squarely at him with our sermon when Jesus is standing right next to him, transfigured, Peter might suggest we're looking the wrong way. When Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here, that part he got right. That looking upon Jesus Christ, the very beloved son, the light of the world, well, that's good. And not only is being here good, but moreover, that good is the heart of our discipleship. It is the motivation for our work, our ministry, our life in this world. My friends, today with the transfigured Jesus, Peter sees just one instant of clarity, witnessing the very humanity of Jesus and the incredible glory of God, and in that instant, offering us, yes, a glimpse of the mystery of our faith, that God became human so that we might become more like God. That's some good news. Not with a message like, let's go back down and help in the valley, that you would probably still agree to even if you weren't a Christian. Not with a message that Peter can be adorable and confused and as anxious as you and me, and that's okay. The good news affirmed today is that God became like you and me. God became like us, period. That's what Peter sees. That's why Peter says, it is good. Now, wait a minute. It is good. If we go back in Scripture, and I mean way back to the very beginning, don't we remember that God said again and again, let there be? And then God said, of all that was created, it is good. 
Sounds to me like Peter might be quoting God. And before Peter meets his rather gruesome end in this world, he will be completely focused on the eternal world. So much so that he writes, you will do well to be attentive to the message. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Peter, again, quoting God, who is pointing right to Jesus Christ and saying, listen to him. Listen to him. It is good and a right and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks for Jesus Christ, who proclaims that we are created in the image of God so that we may be united with God. That's the plot of Scripture. That's the mystery of our faith. That's our motivation in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.